Welcome to the Mayor Steps Podcast. Developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve. And following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. The Marriage Steps Podcast is listener-supported, so to help keep it on the air so couples worldwide can receive hope for their marriage, please consider becoming a monthly supporter by going to patreon.com forward slash marriage steps. The marriage tip of the day is always make your partner feel like a top priority in your life, the top priority in your life. How much do you do that? How much do you wake up and think about how much you can make your partner feel like the top priority in your life? Most of us don't think that way. Most of us don't operate that way. Most of us never have that thought about waking up and making our partner feel like the top priority in our life. And because we don't think that way, because we don't focus on that goal, we don't make them feel important. Everything else comes first. The kids, the career, the finances, the phone, you name it. And before long, our partner gets crumbs and they feel like they get crumbs. So I challenge you this upcoming week, make your partner the top priority in your life. And it doesn't matter if you think you're making them top priority, you have to ask them, do you feel like I'm making you a top priority or the top priority in my life? Do you feel like I'm prioritizing you above all other things in my life? Only if they say yes, are you doing a good job? Because if you think you're doing an amazing job prioritizing them and they disagree, then it really doesn't matter how well you think you're doing. What matters is if they feel like you're putting them first and if they feel like you're prioritizing them, not if you feel like you are, because they may view it differently than you. They may have different terms, different definitions, different examples of what that looks like for them compared to what you think it looks like. So ask your partner, what would it look like for me to make you the top priority in my life and then start going after that and hustling after that so they can feel like they are the top priority in your life. The marriage joke is a tornado and a marriage have certain things in common. They both start with a lot of blowing and sucking and end with you losing your home. (laughs) I apologize if that's a little too rated R for some of you. Okay, the marriage message of the day is five challenges to being a marriage counselor. So as most of you know, I'm a marriage counselor. I specialize in marriage counseling. I have a private practice in Boulder, Colorado. I've been in private practice since 2004. And so I work with couples day in and day out, day in and day out. So I eat and breathe relationships. And I love it, it's my passion. My mission is to lower the divorce rate one marriage at a time, but it's not always easy. There's challenges that come with being a marriage counselor. So I thought it'd be interesting or fun to go through the five challenges of being a marriage counselor, just so you can kind of peer into my world and see what my life is like being a marriage counselor. So the first challenge is that there's this expectation that my marriage better be perfect. After all, I'm the one giving advice. After all, I'm the one writing blog posts. After all, I'm the one doing the marriage podcast and doing seminars. Therefore, my marriage should be perfect, shouldn't it? There's a pressure there that I feel that my marriage needs to be spotless because I'm the one helping other couples. And while there is some merit, right? Obviously, I'm the one, because I'm the one 
teaching all these skills, I should be implementing them in my own marriage. So that's valid and that makes sense. And I'd be hypocritical if I wasn't doing my best to implement everything I teach you into my own marriage. However, the expectation that my marriage is perfect is unrealistic because I'm an imperfect person, I'm married to an imperfect person, and sparks can fly. You know, we can misread each other's signals. We can have a hard time meeting, meeting each other's needs at time. So it's unrealistic that my marriage is going to be perfect. However, the way I leverage that is when my marriage goes through ups and downs, like all marriages do, I try to leverage those experiences by relating more to the couples I work with and sharing more from my experiences. So I've actually been thankful for the ups and downs I've gone through in my relationship because I feel like it's made me a much more effective counselor because I have been in the trenches. I've wanted to get a divorce. I have been through periods of winter where I felt completely out of love with my partner, my wife. So because of that, I can relate with what it feels like when you're in that season. And because I've been through that season and we've worked through it and we've developed a healthier and happier relationship, I know that you can too. So, but there is that pressure and that is a challenge of having a perfect marriage. Second challenge is trying to become a marriage therapist for my own marriage. Does not work. I can't be the marriage counselor for my wife and I. And I've tried that in the early days when we would go through challenges, we would go through struggles. I tried to be our marriage therapist and I would think, I'm a marriage counselor. I should be able to fix this but that does not work. My wife does not see me as a marriage counselor. She sees me as her partner with strengths and weaknesses, just like I see her. So if I'm trying to be our marriage counselor, first of all, I'm not objective. And second of all, my wife doesn't view me as that. So what comes out of my mouth isn't gonna be considered in the same way as if we're seeing a third party, someone who's objective, another marriage counselor. And so we've had to see a marriage counselor for this reason, because when we went through really hard times in our marriage, I couldn't be that marriage counselor for us. So I had to swallow my pride and go ahead and see another marriage counselor. And we went through several before we found a good match. And each one offered something different. But that's a challenge is that I've had to learn I cannot be the marriage counselor for my marriage. Number three, there has been times when I see clients all day long and then I come home and my wife wants to vent and she wants to share her struggles and stuff she's struggling with or her and I will have a conflict and we have to work through our conflict. And there's times where I am so tired from listening to people's problems, the last thing I wanna do is come home and listen to my wife's problems. And so that's another challenge of being a marriage counselor is sometimes I can have compassion fatigue where I listen to challenges and problems from people all day long. So when I come home, the last thing I wanna do is hear my wife's. But I've had to work on that so that I'm also emotionally available for her and I have energy to give our marriage instead of just being exhausted because I'm giving to every other marriage out there. A fourth challenge of being a marriage counselor is when I work with a couple where one partner has a personality disorder. So when I say personality disorder, I'm thinking of two. First is narcissism. So some people I work with, one partner has narcissism. And narcissism is where you think you're innocent. You don't think you've done anything wrong. You think you're perfect. You think everything is your partner's problem. 
and you don't want anyone to point out that maybe you're contributing to the problem as, as well, and if they do, you get upset. That's someone who has narcissism. And someone who has narcissism, they also can't put themselves in someone else's shoes. They can't empathize. They can't see a situation from someone else's perspective. And they tend to be highly defensive. And they want to be the center of attention. And they have little regard for how they make their partner feel. They really don't care. They have almost no empathy or concern for how they make their partner feel. So once in a while, I'll get a couple where one partner has narcissism or they're on that continuum of narcissism somewhere and it's very difficult to work with them because they come off like they're perfect and they're not teachable and it's really difficult to encourage them to grow and to see their part. The other personality disorder is borderline personality disorder. And someone who has borderline, they either love you or they hate you. They turn on you really quick. They'll challenge you, they get hostile towards you, they question your your advice, they disagree with you. That's someone who has borderline personality disorder, most likely. So once in a while, I'll have couples where one of the partners has borderline or they're on the continuum of borderline somewhere and they constantly challenge me, they constantly disagree with me, they get hostile towards me, even though I'm trying to help them. And usually there's a mixture of narcissism and borderline going on And at the end of the day, I'll feel like I can't help them. I can't help this couple because this partner is extremely difficult. And no matter what I try to do, they're not teachable. And so I've had to tell some couples that I don't think I'm a good match to help them for those reasons because of one of the partners seems either narcissistic or they may have borderline. So that's a challenge. That's a challenge working with couples is when I see a couple and one of the partners has a personality disorder. Number five, the fifth challenge of being a marriage counselor is the ever-present temptation to side with one partner. So I'll get couples and they come in. Right now I'm seeing everybody through Zoom, but when I'm working with couples, it can happen where I naturally hit it off with one partner. And I usually can see that partner's side more clearly. Usually that partner I think is the healthier partner. They have higher emotional intelligence and their take on what's going on in the marriage is usually accurate. And so if I'm not careful, it can be easy to start siding with that partner. But before long, then it's two against one. It's me and that partner ganging up on the other spouse. And obviously that spouse normally doesn't like that, normally doesn't take it, and they want me to keep it even and look at the flaws in the other partner, but sometimes it's hard to find flaws because I think they're pretty on point. So that's a challenge because you never want to have you never want to have the power in the room unbalanced where it's two against one, me and a partner versus the other partner. And some partners will pull at that and they'll try to get me into their corner or into their their ring, so to speak, or on their side or have their back. And so I have to constantly watch out for that, not not only for my natural pull to get along with some partners better than others, but also because I may think they're correct and their partner is out of line. So managing that can be tricky because I'm always trying to be objective. I'm always trying to point out the, the growth areas in both partners as much as I can. But sometimes that's, that's a challenge and I have to be careful and not siding with one partner or the other. So those are five challenges. So if any of you are ever interested in becoming a marriage counselor, just be aware that those things are challenges you may face. So number one is there some pressure that your marriage better be perfect Number two, you may feel like you can be the marriage counselor for your marriage, and you can't. 
Number three, you might be too fatigued at time to listen to your partner's problems. Number four, you may have some couples where one partner has a personality disorder. And five, you may feel some pull to side with one partner, and then it's two against one, which is toxic. Thank you for listening to the Mariseps podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to click the five stars and leave a review. For more marriage resources, be sure to go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. And be sure to email me or message me your marriage questions. You can do it through Facebook, Instagram, or email at info at drwyattfisher.com. And remember, your marriage is alive. So if you care for it and nurture it, what happens? It will grow. But if you neglect it and you deprive it and you just shove it under a desk and you don't take care of it, it's going to die. The choice is up to you. Take care.